Callum from Vsauce here. I'm joined by Harry. Hey, Harry from Vsauce here. I'm joined by Callum. I don't know how I'm joined, but no, we could go around we're in circles. We're not just going to keep doing this. <laughs> the cycle continues. I'm going to put this down. <laughs> Basically, yeah, we, we, we will be serious today. I am probably going to do quite a long intro just so John can actually readjust the mic. Sorry, John. Yeah. Um, we we were arguing about the microphones before we started, and then we were like, should we just hold the damn things? Just do real old school YouTube like this. Hey, guys, it's me here. <laughs> do Curtis Yarvin. You see Curtis Yarvin when he does his videos, he's just got like an SM58, and he just holds it to his mouth like this. It's like, Curtis, you can afford better. Get a microphone stand yeah. at least. God. And you could get a piece of plastic. Never mind. I mean, these are metal. So yeah, the, but whatever. Anyway, anyway, we shall uh, do an actual intro, I suppose. Which is um, today is the day, and if you don't know what the date is, then I'm actually annoyed about this whole date thing. What I'm so what, sick of like that you have to keep track of the days. Yes, that, that's real Zoomer of you. No, but like that's if you, so fun. If you don't so know what the Zoomer. date is, I don't know how I can help you. <laughs> that's that's my thing. But you're always asking what the date is. You don't know what the date no, is. I don't care what the date is. That's that's my life. So. We, so I can't help you then? No. Not with well, the Well, now that we've established that Callum <laughs> is beyond saving, let's carry on. You can help me with some other things, such as telling me what's happening in Australia. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, that's segment number two. Uh, segment number one is actually going to be a serious one for once, which is uh, gaming. We're not going to be Ramarama about the first segment. No, it's, it's about gaming. And the fact that I'm kind of annoyed about gaming not being serious in uh, a certain sense. So we're going to talk about that. It, it's something I think I've brought up a few times before, but I wanted to actually make a little right. presentation. And the last thing, just to lighten the mood after all that, is a debarge. We're going to talk about debarge. Debarge. Debarge with all the migrants on, yeah. You know, I, I, was, I recently rewatched the uh, first four Pirates of the Caribbean films. I'm not watching the last one. It was absolutely terrible. But I forgot there's, there's a great moment in the third one when Jack and Barbosa are arguing with each other and he just turns around and goes, Jack, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? It's great. Uh, I think I remember that scene. I, I love those films. Yeah. I, it's kind of annoying how far Pirates of the Caribbean fell in the end, but... Yeah, I, I will say I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the fourth one. Specifically, the Spanish, <laughs> the Spanish Armada showing up at the end and going, "This profanes God," smashing it and leaving, which is just, you know, what they did. Yeah, that made more sense as well. Yeah, it did. The uh, Anglos are doing. But anyway, we shall begin with a serious segment because I actually yes. have some seriousness to do for once. So, gaming should be serious, is my argument, and I'm not saying in this segment that, of course, there shouldn't be a Fortnite out there and enjoy. Unserious games, of course. Should, I'm saying, there, should there be a Fortnite out there? Well, okay, Fortnite is... We'll come back to Fortnite later, actually. I've got some yeah. first words for what they've been up to. But I, I'm not saying that all gaming should be serious with this. It's just there is something I mentioned a couple of times previously that I thought I'd finally make a segment on to actually explain my argument fully. All right. Is, I'm kind of annoyed that there are no serious games, specifically with World War II, is what I have in mind. But things that take history seriously in the AAA scene. I know there are minor ones, uh, I can't remember the last... You used to have plenty of them. Yeah. Maybe 15 years ago when World War II shooters were... Some, some were saying an oversaturated market, but honestly, it was a really good market to have oversaturated, let's be honest. It was here. a golden time. It really was. Like, looking back, we were like, oh, there's so many World War II games. I was like, yeah, and then it, was, it was good. COD 4 comes out, everybody goes, oh, finally, we're in the modern warfare, and then... Pfft. Yeah, let's go to the future. But a whole other conversation about the death of Call of Duty aside, it, it's really just, um, like I was mentioning there are some minor world war ii shooters that come out i remember there was one that was set in poland that was really cool because you got to see a new front for once it was the invasion of poland by the germans so that period i don't whatever game that I is i name. don't know but that's the point it it's, it's not like the triple a scene used to be in scale so we'll start off by mentioning something on lotuses.com this being the active measures book club because um well it's just a good book club i suppose 
Uh, it goes into the KGB and the CIA. Uh, you, deeply unserious people by the sounds of the book. You, uh, scroll up. How many views does this have? Because this is the only book club you ever promote. I like it. We need, to, we need to pump those numbers. I got other book clubs. Less, less really than, <laughs> I know, you've done book clubs with me. It's just this one, constantly. I just really like this one. <laughs> Fair play. It's usually you know? relevant. Because, I mean, like this one, um, like the, I mentioned it so many times, but like the CIA and the KGB are just S-posting at each other in real life. Yeah. And wasting Please, please, Please watch this one in particular. Get it up to 10k views so that Callum may finally be satisfied. I don't care about the views. I just <laughs> I don't think people will like it. That's Damn, he'll never stop. <laughs> Gets a million views, and I'm like, well, eh, yeah, you know, that's more than a million people out there. So yeah, yeah. anyway, but to the point, because um, the way I'm going to introduce this is with a weird situation, which is that this chap decided to make Holocaust game, which, I mean, on the face of it, that phrase sounds a bit weird, right? It's a bit odd thing to go for. But what's it, what's, what's the gameplay? Well. It's, uh, it's, I believe, a, a role-playing game. Mm. So you live through this uh, family's life who are going through the experience of the Holocaust. And I haven't had time to play it, which is annoying. I believe it's free. So I think you uh, can go and pick it up if you want to. Oh, okay. But let me explain it, because it's actually something that's kind of good. It's not someone taking the naked or anything. So this guy says, oh, why I created the first video game about the Holocaust. I don't think it's the first one to mention it, but it's the first like. I, I think um, if I remember correctly, the Wolfenstein that came out in 2014. I think there's a part where you go through a, a fictional concentration because obviously that's set in the 60s, but in that universe they've set up more concentration camps, and you go through a fictional one. You break out, don't you? I believe. I I didn't play the game all the way through, but I think so. Yeah. Watch that scene. I, I think. I've seen it. Yeah. Anyway, but they, he says in here, initial data showing where the game has been downloaded fulfilled his hopes of accessing territories known for their Holocaust denial and anti-Semitism, and reaching players in places where there is no Holocaust museums or memorials or schools to visit. So this is something that actually is kind of interesting, because I've had this myself um, with people from the Arab world, when you meet them in university, and they don't know why Israel exists. Do they really? Know? You'd think that would no be... clue. <laughs> you would think they would all know that, seeing as, you know, where this just popped up in 1947 all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the, the Holocaust history isn't taught to them, of course. Mm. It's oversaturated with us. We've been over this. Like, I went yeah. through learning about the Holocaust four times in secondary school, and yep. each time it wasn't... It didn't add anything. It was just the same stuff. I, I went through it a few times as well, and then there's also the fact that there are countries who have all the Holocaust museums that actively took a participating role in liberating them as well. So it's almost like pointing the finger in a lot of cases. White guilt yeah. around the Holocaust, which makes no sense. No. But that, that's a Western that's a conversation. This isn't about the Western conversation, which of course there are plenty of things to be said. This is about, let's say, the Eastern conversation. Because uh, I have had that experience where you'd, like people just don't know what the Holocaust was from the Arab world. And you're like, I've, uh, I've got some news for you, <laughs> which, which is always a bit weird. It's like telling them that World War II happened. And they just don't know. <laughs> it's like, huh. Anyway, but this guy says, so why wasn't Bernard, the creator, whose English grandmother took uh, in kinder transport children, celebrating? Well, it's an interesting point. So why is everyone upset that he's decided to make this? I don't, I don't want to show that screenshot just yet, John, because that might be a bit of a giveaway. But a quick side moment, Michelle, just to have a conversation which I wanted to for a while, which is extra credits. Now, before they went completely cringe and started claiming that black people were orcs, and, and all the rest of the weird stuff they did where they started arguing that the game made you a Nazi because you played a multiplayer game. There's only one problem. Yeah. You're a Nazi. You didn't choose this. Like, yeah, extra credits did the dum-dum. Yes. More than once. Routinely. Whole other problem. But I, I honestly hadn't watched their videos before I'd seen that, so I've just always assumed that they were some kind of lol cow. They're actually all right, in my opinion. Just I heard a, people saying that. Casual viewer. 
And this was one of the uh, episodes where they talked about World War II. So if you're going to make a game about World War II, maybe there's some things you could do that isn't just D-Day. And they went through some other aspects. I mean, I don't know if I can get the uh, chapters up real quick, but it's just like, yeah, so have uh, conflicts in other parts of the world that mm. aren't usually seen. Greece, the Philippines, India, they get for there. You know, That'd be down nice. You know, uh, yeah, because World War II, it was not just the utmost west, most western part of the Western Front. That's not all it was. It's so. not just Stalingrad and D-Day. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Um, but this point here is about period themes, as they write. And they're giving you the example of the fact that so many World War II games, even back, I don't know what year this was, seven years ago, uh, won't touch the Holocaust, for example. Mm. Like, won't even mention that it's happening in the game, which is kind of weird. And increasingly, we've seen game industry uh, developers move away from even mentioning, like, the Nazis were here. Like, yes. just getting rid of the swastikas and being like, yeah, so it was the Germans. It's, it's like, what? Watering down the imagery of it just to protect people's fragile feelings is a very strange thing to do when the whole point... I would imagine with a lot of these people is that they don't want these things to repeat ever again. So well, it's they just seem to be counter their own message. But like when they have the mission set in the Soviet Union, they're, talk, they're happy with them being communists and talking about the Soviet Union and the Russians were... That's, because, that's because people think those things are cool. Yeah. But, starving, starving your own population is cool. But having the uh, Germans be represented by the people in charge at the time, that's not allowed. But they make the point here of like, you know, you should probably put some propaganda posters up to increase the world building. They also give an example of like, what if you helped a, a character who's a victim of the Holocaust survive or escape or something? Mm. Like, those are ways you can build it in without it being super weird and hits on the point in a way that builds on the world. And you don't, you don't have to turn the whole thing because my problem is if developers did that now, I would imagine it turning into a big social justice lecture where they wouldn't just focus on that particular character in a way that would make sense to the character and the developments in his own life, they would turn it that character <sighs> Isn't into... Isn't this just a, like America? They, yeah, they would turn the uh, character into a preachy mouthpiece for everything dis they dislike about the modern time as uh, well. Yeah, so I, I, I would be very hesitant for most developers to tackle it now. But this is the thing. I mean, this segment is really just uh, me whining about why the game industry should be better and here's how to do it. <laughs> yeah, <But> <laughs> I, I agree that um, the gaming industry... Because I do believe that games can be an art form in and of themselves. I'm not like Roger Ebert who said, oh, they'll never be art or anything like that. And uh, you can tackle serious issues in a serious way. Just the people in charge of lots of gaming companies now are not serious people. That's the thing. It's, it's obviously art. It's just there is bad art. You can do it badly and yeah. you can do it well. Roger Ebert, I know you're dead, but was the room art? I say yes, actually. But there's more to this. I want to give a concrete example, which is the one I've, I've brought up previously, but visually now is World of War. Now, I really like World of War. Classic. Probably one of my favorite games, to be honest, looking back on it. Looking back, it's certainly my favorite Call of Duty game alongside Black Ops, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'd go for World of War over Black Ops, but Black Ops is also great. Yeah, th there was that golden period of Treyarch when they were producing some of the games. But one of the things is that World of War did take itself seriously, and it wasn't just the, the fact, as you can see here, there are swastikas in the Reichstag building openly displayed. Where you would expect them to be. What do you think is going to be there? And in the modern game, of course, they try and replace those things, in the multiplayer especially, but otherwise also in single player sometimes, which is a bit gay. But we'll be because apparently just showing someone a swastika is enough to send most teenagers these days into an actual heart attack from stress. But it's not just that. It's also the... I mean, even for the time, this was kind of cool. Like The, the Russians... Well, this, it would start off with the, with the Soviet campaign, let's say where you would see the Germans committing war crimes against Russians, like killing innocent people or surrendered soldiers. And then the same would also happen with the Russians when they were taking Berlin. 
Like there's a scene where you have some Russians beating up some surrendered prisoners, and then you can either kill them or they kill them. And yeah, I, I remember that. That was quite striking at the time. I remember that World of War, like you say, actually did a very good job portraying both sides as being terrible. Like you say, the, the Germans committed war crimes, but the what's his name, Reznov, Reznov, the character that you're the, going, your commander, yeah, yeah, you're um, voiced by Gary Oldman. Uh, he's talking the whole time about how the Russian high command betrayed them all, betrayed the motherland, all of the horrible conditions back home. So it really does hammer it home that there's there's on, more to the history than the, just this side bad. That's enough. Let's move on. On the eastern, like, yeah, this side is bad, but there's, there's yeah, some on, other things. on the eastern front, every there was no good guys. It's a pretty horrific yes. front. Probably the most horrific, except maybe the Chinese in terms of numbers. You know all the memes about the Red Army, just a side point. Mm. It's like, oh, one man gets rifle, next man pick up. I gun. think they did that in Call of Duty 2 for the introduction, didn't they? For the uh, Yeah, but the thing tutorial. is, it's largely not true, obviously, because the Soviets did have industrial capacity to build, mm. let's say, a gun or two. But in China, like you, you might go into battle with a sword against Japanese with machine guns. Okay, that explains, <laughs> that explains why they did so poorly against the Japanese. Yeah, the numbers are 20 million dead against the Japs. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, you don't get that numbers without not having equipment. But anyway, but this isn't my only point here because I, I want to also just visually real quick show this in the, in, it, it, sorry, in the outro of Call of Duty World of War for people who haven't seen it because it is actually, in my opinion, just like a masterpiece in the fact that it's not just, oh, let's take the subject matter seriously, but also the games used to be a place which tried to honor those who died many of whom they'd probably be interviewed to try and understand the various theaters they were trying to represent in the game. I mean, there's, there's fewer Research and fewer of those people alive now. So I'm going to play this. It's a little bit long, but uh, I hope you'll agree with me it's worth it just to understand for people who don't know the flavor. So. The solemn. General Eisenhower informs me that the forces of Germany have surrendered to the United Nations. The victory won in the West must now be one in the East. So like 14-year-old Callum playing that game, um, that's a really good ending. Yeah. Really satisfying ending to the game anyway, on a whole side note. But just like the, the educational aspect and the taking the, the people who did those deeds seriously 
I think it's just been lost in a lot of regards. And Call of Duty World of War is just my go-to example. Well, as, as you said, you uh, can really tell that, that. that the people involved in the production of that game had a real serious understanding of the subject matter and a desire to portray it respectfully. And, and sort of somehow that dissolved into this. This is why there are black Nazis and no swastikas in Call of Duty World of War on multiplayer. And there you go. This is, one, this is why I say I, I don't trust people these days to produce anything serious if they're trying to be serious. So, I mean, there's the argument from the single player in here, which I'll just address quickly, which is it's Germany. Germany sends the swastika in the game, so we can't put them in there for the single player for Germany. Fair enough. Okay, that's a question. Mark. You always make regional changes for particular games. But the multiplayer, I just don't get. So they say here, multiplayer, however, is another beast altogether. In both competitive multiplayer and zombies mode, the swastika was left out. In many ways, Sledgehammer has ditched historical accuracy and created something they view as accessible to everyone. With the horrors of that specific war, the Nazis, fascist, racist regime left out altogether. So not World War II. Why are you trying to make a World War II game accessible to everyone by deleting the Nazis from it? It also didn't stop people from playing and buying those games for in, in their millions for 2000 yeah. to 2010 when they were, like I say, an oversaturated market. What does that even mean, though? It, like, who said the guy, well, I would play the new Call of Duty game, but oh, there's Nazis in it. It, me <laughs> it means bugger all is what it means, Callum. It means that everything has to subscribe to the message even if the subject matter in the first place is what the message is actually foundationally based on. It's just it's so weird. Such a weird argument. And, and just real quick to remind people, because I thought I might even have the Mandela effect where I've forgotten if World, War, uh, World of War had the swastikas. You can see here, this is uh, one of the maps. I don't know if I can uh, change it real quick. This is the underground. So I think this is the subway in Berlin. Mm. And uh, this guy is just his multiplayer uh, gameplay. And you There's can an see Iron it. Cross. Yep. There's, there you go. There you go. That's in the subway in Berlin. There's also Adolf Hitlerstrasse, of course. I mean, I don't know how far you take the idea you've got to remove the Nazis from the World War II multiplayer. I mean, do you have to get rid of Adolf Hitler Street? Well, it, it, it I, really... I don't know what you do. Like, how much of the propaganda do you have to remove? Like, this, this doesn't make any sense to me. And given that we still live within what many deem to be the post-war consensus, if you take out all context of what that war was and what it was fighting against, what does the post-war consensus become? Because What does any of this become? Yeah, what do, you're just trying to remove the historical context from history itself. Congratulations, everything is now a grey mire and nobody knows what's going on, Could ever. Could you imagine, though, if you'd interviewed a World War II veteran to get some knowledge on one of the particular battles that you're going to make a new World War II mm. game, and you'd delete the Nazis from it, and then go back to him and be like, isn't this realistic? And you'd be like... They'd probably say that what? you're insulting him. Yeah, and it's not the only multiplayer game. I didn't have time to add it. I, I should have, which is the, the dome map as well. You may remember is what it was called, the Reichstag on top. Um, that multiplayer, of course, had swastikas everywhere because it's, it's the Reichstag. Of course. Uh, it's not the only one as well. I mean, we have here, I think this is Call of Duty um, Zombies in Duddies, which is great. I, I don't know why. I think I got the timestamp wrong, I guess. But there's uh, the, what's it called? What's it called? I forget the damn name. The big, the big bell. There we are. Oh, yes. The big bell. Obviously, have the swastikas as well in Zombies mode. And they're over the over the map and other places, but that's the only one I could think of at the time. Whereas now, we have black female Nazis in the multiplayer. Makes perfect sense to me. Inclusivity. I mean, I just... <laughs> the most inclusive regime there ever was. I, it, it just... I, I'm sorry, but this is what I mean by it. It's really kind of insulting, the way this works. I mean, from this article, there's another quote in here where they say of the black female Nazis, quote, We've had gender and racial diversity in several games now in multiplayer, 
and it seems to just make sense to stick with this approach for every game. But why not have transgender Nazis then? Sincerely, if you're saying that, well, we should have more diversity, I mean... I mean, Rom was gay. Why not center something about, you know, the Night of the Long Knives? If you want some representation in there, you cast yourself as Rom. We'll have some Muslim women conducting the Light of the Long Knives <laughs> in the multiplayer, are we? I mean, I, it's just going to throw They're going to throw Rom off a roof. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing. Like, you're not going to get a mature audience if you treat your audience like children. And I, I just, I hate everything about this. And this brings us to that topic from earlier. This guy who's made a Holocaust game. And the response is that people hate him for it, at least within his circle. They're flanking him. They're saying here, um, they go on to just quickly go over the fact that uh, the gaming industry is huge, shapes our culture. I don't yep. have too much time, so I'm skipping most of this. But I'm pretty sure we're all used to that. He says, however, rather than help Bernard, some Holocaust and anti-hate organizations viewed him with suspicion and, as he claims, tried to shame him for trying to create the Holocaust game because they believed it was incompatible with the seriousness and weight of the Holocaust. Okay, some of these organizations really don't help themselves, do they? No. Uh, they go on, quote, The journey has been so terrible. In January, I was wanting to kill myself. Friends had to do an intervention, he says. It's the loneliness. I've been treated uh, this way by some of the people in the field. Everything just took a toll on me because I'm someone who is trying to do good here, he puts it. He poured more than 200,000 US dollars of his own money Bloody hell. Into making this game. How did he get all that money in the first place? I think he's also a game developer. So, he's so he might have just had it left over doing from well. previous stuff. Yeah. And he says, uh, after pouring in that money uh, for free, offering the game for free, all I got in return from some organization was a, was a polite FU, which I mean, is just ridiculous. I, I just, I'm kind of annoyed. And I think this is kind of a symptom of the, the problems they have with trying to make serious games. There is a couple of criticisms I could offer, though, for this particular yep. chap. Some of the some of the screenshots out of it, it's not his fault, but it is what it is. So we'll go with this one. I mean, this is one of the screenshots he offers from the game, which, of course, you play as this character here, uh, the man, and then there are the Germans being Nazis, of course. I was, I was prepared for this screenshot, but I will say when I first saw it, I did smirk a little bit because this is a very memeable image. And that's the thing. I mean, that's not his fault. I mean, the same way you could take screenshots Where's out the of... lower half of their bodies? Uh, I don't know. It's... it's it, I, I don't, I will admit, maybe it was for cost effectiveness. Maybe he'd already done some games in this style, so he had an engine that was able to do it, save money. Uh, this would not have been the art style that I would have chosen. No, but either way, like it's, it's got a serious tone. It's not taking the piss. And one of the things that. And it's not censoring the imagery either, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, well, like the criticism of this and these screenshots could be like, oh, well, look, it looks funny. But like, if you take a screenshot out of. Any film about the Holocaust, you can make some stupid meme that looks wrong. I've seen context. many. The point being, it's out of context. There, there is some other stuff that's a bit weird. Probably I would have changed. Like, um, who's in Paris? Uh, Nazis in Paris? I, I don't know. I it sounds like, like a mixtape. Well, you know the, the <laughs> meme, right? About who's in Paris? No, I don't actually. The, I think it's a Kanye West song about certain people in Paris. Guts. Yeah, so uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I'd rename Why it. Why does Kanye always get himself in these <laughs> situations? How? But that's the only two things I could find that even if you take out of context and try and make Le Funny, you could try and do something to spear him. Like Otherwise, he's done a fine job. And he goes on in here just talking about the, the bad uh, treatment he's gotten. And I can, I can feel for this guy because he is actually trying to do something which, you know, there's obvious reasoning there, poured his own money in, made it free. And then he's had people like the, the Holocaust Museum um, coming in and, and poo-pooing him. I mean, he does actually say here, one of the uh, uh, situations that brought him on was the fact that there were a bunch of anti-Semitic incidents in his own life. 
So he says in 2021, there was a group of people waving Israeli flags with swastikas outside the Holocaust Museum, which, of course, the developer is a Jewish man himself. Wasn't, wasn't too happy about that. So that made him go back and uh, complete the game when he'd already given up on it because of all the bullying he got from people being like, don't do it. It's, it's, it's uncouth. Video games aren't art. And it's like, Shut up. Like, this is, this is the problem with not having games that take it seriously, is you end up having this feeling that you can't make something serious out of a video game, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, just last sentence here. It says, unlike some video games, which effectively whitewash the reality of the Nazis and their deeds, uh, the light in the darkness, which is the name of the game, leaves no doubt about who and what they really were and what their symbols stood for. So there's that. And to be frankly, I read that story. I was just like, yeah, good on him. But it was a good vehicle. Yeah, for me. Fair play for trying Fair play for trying to make his game. I'll be honest, it's nothing that I would probably play. Um, I'll stick with Devil May Cry, but... Yeah, but I, would just, I wanted to talk about this issue for a while and why I talk about World of War, but it's not the only place where the story ends because, I mean, it could have been worse. That's the thing. Because you could sit there and be like, oh, God, how dare he do this? Well, let's go back to Fortnite real quick. <sighs> They've done it again, as you can see here. They've done it again, <laughs> folks. You may remember they did, what was it, the Martin Luther King Yeah, where people were... Event. Well, didn't people? No, they 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 deactivated the whip emoji that you could hmm. do, but so people, people, people start started throwing, throwing tomatoes. At so now they've uh, made the first Holocaust museum in Fortnite, and they're like, "Yeah, look at us. We're, we're doing good." It's like you are not the place for this. I mean, that's my thing. If you well, want to do a serious game, that's cool, but like, not once again. Fortnite's not one. Serious people are not in charge of gaming companies, even if they were trying uh, trying to make unserious games, just games for fun. Serious people are not in charge of these organizations. I mean, if you are the head of whichever company it is, I don't care, don't tell me which it is. Whichever company makes Fortnite, you are in charge of making sure the game is fun and has new content, not in making sure the game reminds everybody about atrocities that were committed during World War II. Like, it's not the theme of the game. This, no. Like, you see how World at War... What's, like, what's next? Place they, in Germany? <laughs> are they going to add an Auschwitz map next? I mean, what's, what's going to happen? That's going to be the... I'm not going to... Uh, you're right. I shouldn't give them ideas because they might actually do that. <laughs> yeah. But that's, this, this is stupid. It is just dumb. Like, everything about this is dumb. And I, it's... The, the people in charge of Fortnite think of themselves as, as thought setters. They think of themselves as the shapers of public opinion. No... You created Fortnite. I love the idea that you're going to be stood there trying to read the, the poster here on Crystal Dact. And the obvious response from people I saw online, which is going to be the response of people in the game, obviously, was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, did you, what did you think the response was going to be? Oh. This? Like, people took the piss last time and you do it again because you don't have a serious audience because you don't make serious games. Whereas, you know, like the World at War situation, I mean, I know there are people who would try and meme and everything, but I don't think any amount of memeing could take away from, example, the outro I played. Like the, the tone and setting of the game is perfect the, for actually telling a story. The memeiest thing was the fact that the bonus uh, mode that you could unlock at the end of the game was Nazi zombies. And even then, that was just fun. Yeah. It wasn't something that you could really make fun of outside of the fact that, oh, isn't it silly that Nazi zombies? But everybody's been doing that for the past like 50 years in films. Anyway. I, I don't know if you've noticed as well, um, just in the series of, because Call of Duty maps, like World of War with obviously the four originals. They were all quite serious. There's a little bit of backstory and history, which was kind of cool. And then it went to Black Ops. You went all the way to the moon base map, which is a bit weird. But still, I mean, there's a sense of it's not just complete Looney Tunes. Whereas in Black Ops 2, I just felt the maps. I couldn't even get into them because it's just like full Looney Tunes. I didn't play Black Ops 2. The most I saw about Black Ops 2 
I think there was a secret ending that you could unlock where Avenged Sevenfold performed a song that they had recorded specifically for the game. In the game. So you could see like a virtual Black Ops 2 concert of Avenged Sevenfold, who I've still not seen live and want to at some point. Alrighty. But anyway, that's I've taken up <laughs> enough time. Uh, I just wanted to kind of make the point, which I have previously, with some visual assets and with an argument here from this guy. Because I, I'm annoyed. I, I want better games. I want a new World of War. That's really all I want. Um, give it, please. And uh, do, do good. Don't do dumb. Do, 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 ex- don't, explore, don't do explore interesting conflicts that we don't get to see. In, I don't want to be fighting with Kit Harrington in space, Call of Duty. Give me like Call of Duty the Korean War. Yeah. Or something like that. Give me Call of... That'd be super cool, to be honest. Yeah, that would be really cool. Give me uh, Call of Duty... Uh, Vietnam's a tricky subject. But then again, once again, I say all of this. Actually, Activision, don't. Because I know that the people who are in charge of uh, Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer are not serious people. So don't do that. In fact, just stop. But how cool just would it stop. be to have a Korean War Call of Duty where you get to play as the UN fighting the North Koreans or whatever? It would be awesome. Or uh, the other way around as well. Like, anyway, but that's, that's enough for me making points. Um, make better games. I, it's, a, it's a simple message, but I don't think it's that hard. Don't, don't do a Fortnite Holocaust Museum, for God's sakes. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to take a moment to process the idea of a Fortnite Holocaust Museum. Oh, and paper that just, just... I, I mean, because I was thinking to myself, oh, people should think about the Holodomor more often. And then I thought, Fortnite Holodomor Museum. No, no. People are doing food emojis. <laughs> All of them building crops right next to it or something. No, no, it just wouldn't work. Okay, let's move on then. So Australia is saved, maybe. Maybe. For a few months. Not for long. But it's not as bad as it was this time last month. Maybe. We'll see. I'm very unsure on this whole... uh, uh, It isn't uh, saved, is it? No, (laughs) no. Australia is still screwed. I wanted to open with good news, but there is no good news, sadly, because Australia is still a mental place. But it might, it might work. It might help. Um, Australia might be out of the weeds. <laughs> it's safe to... Uh, no. yeah, it, it, it might not collapse as quickly. Okay. There we go. There. Sell there. me. Sell me this wonderful good. Good, good news. So um, Australia, as I covered just a few months ago, was about to do an incredibly stupid thing, which was... Um, introduced the uh, cultural, I think it's the Cultural Heritage Act or whatever it was called, uh, that was going to give Aboriginal groups in Australia the right, in well, in West Australia, I should say, to be able to d- oversee any potential work or changes to land that farmers may be doing on their own private property to see that if, if it... Um, in fact, let me just... I'm doing a terrible job of recapping this. So I've just I got this article specifically because it had a good recap of what the uh, what the act did. So I'll just read through it here. The laws were designed to restrict any activities which could destruct or compromise the integrity of cultural heritage sites. However, the legislation inadvertently sever, uh, severely restricted the rights of Aust- Western Australian property owners with any parcels of land larger than 1,100 square meters requiring approval from official cultural surveyors before any work was conducted. This raised fears that farmers, miners, and regular landholders would be forced to pay as high as $1,200 a day to get approval to do work on the land, which could include digging a hole deeper than 50 centimeters or building a fence. Failure to comply with the legislation could have resulted in hefty penalties and fines or even prison time. So, as I went through 
in that last segment about this. What this was obviously doing was creating incentives for these Aboriginal cultural committees to just say any work that you were doing on your own land that may be necessary for your farm work was intruding on cultural heritage sites, and then they would have to go and do a survey for it, which you would have to pay for out of your own pocket. They pocket that money from it, and then they turn around and say, sorry, you can't build here because this is ours for reasons. And within the legislation itself, within the guidance that was given to farmers in West Australia, it said, what questions can you ask? How do you know if this is actually a site of cultural relevance? That's an insensitive question. You're not allowed to ask that. When did this place become a site of cultural relevance? That's an insensitive question. You're not allowed to ask that. And the ideas of cultural relevance could also take in intangible factors, which means I made it up. I made it up. There is a water spirit here that you're not allowed to disturb. Therefore, you can't do your necessary farm work that feeds the entire country. Very stupid piece of legislation setting the entire country up for complete self-destruction because, shockingly, agriculture kind of necessary. We mentioned Ukraine and the Holodomor just a moment ago. Them not being able to grow their own uh, crops kind of hurt them just a little bit. Can cause some problems, wouldn't you agree? This is news. I know. (laughs) I know. Food good. (laughs) Along with that, something else that's been going on in Australia, which isn't being resolved as of yet, is that later on this year, I think by the end of the year, they're doing a voice for parliament referendum in the entirety of Australia, not just Western Australia, which if people vote yes for it, will give within the Australian constitution a recognition of indigenous first peoples. What it will also do is create a advisory board made up of Aboriginal peoples and tribal leaders and chieftains, etc., who will be able to advise Parliament on anything that Parliament is going to do legally if they're going to pass legislation and such. Now, this is just an advisory board, but we know within the current climate that if they just say that they want something done, Parliament will just do it. We're going to pass this law, which will make it easier for farmers to do their farm work. Sorry, the Aboriginal advisory board says no, so you won't be able to do it. So the whole thing is just a complete grift, a complete shakedown, obviously something that will be destructive to Australia as a whole if they want to operate as a functional country. Um, But that's where the good news comes in. And I'll go over that good news in a moment because first, there's more content. There's more videos on the website. There's always more things going on that you should watch because the things that we put out are really good, especially things like Contemplations, Josh's video series where he was talking with Stelios about understanding the continent of Europe. And I will say, some of this devolved slightly into Josh making fun of each nation as he was going by them and describing them. But this is the Anglo mindset. So if you want a good idea of the Anglo mindset, well then, come and watch this, and you can see what we think of you all, our European viewers, because we love you. Is is this just a... (laughs) It's an invitation to be insulted. But then again, I mean, this is what we do with each other. This is Europe. You ever seen the Germans talk about the English? Yeah, exactly. Both ways. This is European banter. This is what we do. We're all just good lads over here. We care deeply about one another, which is why I'm happy to insult you and your mother to your face. There is a saying in the Balkans. I don't know how well I'm allowed to say this, but... Tread lightly, but go on. So you know you're in the Balkans when they stop saying you should go and F your mother and start saying you should go and F your father. Okay. For some reason, the culture just switches for some of them, and they just start saying, you know, I, you should go F your father. It's like, what? Why would I do that? That's really weird. It's a very strange thing to say. <laughs> like, the mother stuff was at least a, a norm, but an in insult world, but okay. 
I mean, either way is insulting, I suppose. But let's go and see what's happened now, which is that they're not going to go ahead with it. It was implemented on the 1st of July, and just about a month later, they've turned around and said, well, that was a terrible idea. This was a really bad idea, guys. We might not do it. That was a few days ago. They said, we might not do it. So they've got in the government different factions who are campaigning for the yes vote for the voice in parliament referendum and the no vote. And the campaign director for the yes vote is a man called Dean Parkin, who said that he believed that the scrapping the laws will make it simpler to sell the voice. And that's a quite telling admission, wouldn't you say? Because we want to sell the idea that the Aboriginal peoples of Australia, who, if you want to run down on the sort of culture that they have within the Australia, uh, Australian Aboriginal communities, go back and watch that old video, because I don't want to go into the nitty-gritty details over here, but let's just say it involves a lot of fetal alcohol syndrome and drinking and sniffing of petrol. That's about what we need to go into here. So these are the sorts of people who will be examining your farmland and giving advice to the government. Or, much more likely, it will be people who 150 years ago maybe had one Aboriginal family member who, who you know, their great-great-great-grandfather married an Aboriginal woman and had a kid, and then since then all of your other ancestors are mainly European-descended stock who claim themselves as being Aboriginal because of that, and they get put in the position because I have seen that happen with Australians. Is this the Australian version of taking a 23 and me and then be like, oh, I'm 1.3% black, I can say the word. This is the uh, Elizabeth Warren, I'm totally indigenous, guys. Don't worry about it. I'm completely native, 100%. Whereas they look and act nothing like other Aboriginal peoples. So they want that advisory board and they say, hold up, hold up. If we have a law in place in West Australia which demonstrates practically to people that this will operate as nothing more than just a band of thieves robbing people on their own property. It might be difficult to sell the idea that we should give them advice, uh, an advisory board for parliament. So let's just scrap it. Let's just quietly put this aside and go, no, obviously it would have been a terrible idea with West Australian farming, but with the entirety of the operation of the government, it'll be a-okay. Don't worry about it, guys. It'll go brilliantly. See, you see where it's a bit telling, the admission? It's a weird argument. I, I'm trying to think of where that would ever work otherwise. but Yeah, so it's basically just saying, if we show these people that these are... Get rid of Scottish self-rule and then make them independent. <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, it, it basically it's just, well, if we demonstrate practically that they're a bunch of thieves, then people won't want the them people in charge. People up and claiming, people... I own this land now because water spirit. Yes, people won't. I mean, some of the examples that we went over when I was discussing the referendum in the first place and this follow-up segment to that um, was that I think somebody got fined $50,000 and given jail time because of the fact that he built a small bridge over his river on his own property, on his farm, because it made it easier for him to navigate his farm, which was his private property. And under the 1972 laws that they had previous to these ones that were implemented last month, they turned up and said, there was a, a, a water serpent spirit here that you've disturbed and now the river's going to dry up. And that went through as a legal case and he got fined in prison time for it. Absolutely ridiculous. So the laws that were already in place are already ridiculous if they can be manipulated to that extent. But these would have just made it even worse. And uh, I'll just carry on with this article. So Indigenous cultural heritage laws that came into effect in Western, uh, Western Australia over just over a month ago are reportedly about to be scrapped following a backlash from farmers. 
the Western Australia Labor government foreshadowed the about-face at a briefing with big resources companies and indigenous groups on Friday. Kimberley Land Chief Exe- uh, Council Chief Executive Tyrone Garston echoed Mr. Parkin's content, uh, comments by saying, Aboriginal people in Western Australia never supported these laws. Uh, they never supported them in the first place. Yeah, okay. All right, if you say so. All right. Basically, the rollout of the bill has been appalling and the implementation has been even worse. This has been brave, but the right decision by the Premier. So there's just no practical way of implementing it that didn't just turn into gangs of councils showing up at your doorstep and saying, thousands and thousands of dollars, please. This is actually our property, if you think about it, going back hundreds of thousands of years. It also comes as Prime Minister Anthony Albanese delivered his strongest and most impassioned defense of the voice at Gama Festival on Saturday. But how did the Aboriginals feel outside of this guy speaking on their behalf and saying they never wanted these laws in the first place? Well, the Putu Kunti Karama and Pinakura Aboriginal Corporation said it was devastated, angered, and betrayed in the wake of the reports. We were going to make so much money from this, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Imagine the gibs we could have got. So, as I mentioned, these corporations are often fronted by one guy who had one Aboriginal ancestor hundreds of years ago and now claims himself as a full-blooded Aboriginal because, honestly, he's probably the only person fit to be able to serve as a figurehead for these organizations. While the laws were not perfect, they were better than what they replaced, Corporation Chairman Terry Drage said. He called on the federal government to proceed with an Australia-wide regime for cultural heritage protection. So not just Western Australia. He said he wanted it across the entire country. No. Terrible idea. He said the preservation of heritage sites was non-negotiable for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. That's where you're wrong, bucko. That's where you're wrong. That's a nice rock you got there. Shame if someone built civilization on top of it. I don't really understand why any of these people are being even entertained. No. Well, I I do agree to a certain extent. You need to treat the people who were there first with respect. And you can't just, you know, demolish everything that was important to their society before you got there just because you want to. You do need to treat them with a bit of respect. But I'm sorry. The water spirit? The water spirit is a step too far. And this was all kickstarted off in the first place because a a corporation called Rio Tinto, under the old laws from 1972, where you had a Section 18 provision, where you had to go to your government, your local government, and say, can we have permission to operate on this particular site? And the government says yes, or the government says no. They had government approval for what was the uh, Jukun Gorge, which supposedly had cave paintings in it that could be traced back 50,000 years or 100,000, 150,000 years, et cetera, et cetera. And they blew it up. And despite the fact that it already got permission to do so, that's what set all of this off because you had Aboriginal community leaders showing up and saying, oh, this was part of our ancient cultural heritage. How could you do this? And that's what set all of the, that's what snowballed into these laws being put in place in the first place. But from articles we looked at last time, there were already people who were farmers in the area casting doubt on some of the claims that were being made because he was saying one of the farmers who'd been interviewed said, well, when we first heard about this, it was 30,000 years. Then afterwards, it was 50,000 years. And then it was 100,000 years and 150,000 years. So honestly, it sounds like they're just making it up or at least changing the date to make it sound even bigger and more important than it actually was. I think it might be taking a piss. It might be. 
It might just. Like, could you imagine me and that guy who's just like, yeah, you you are uh, disturb the water spirit. I mean, I was bet when you were saying that, I was thinking in my head, what would I do? Because you're not paying the fine. Go to hell. I don't believe in your water serpent spirit. So do you, do you take the money and just like move to a country that doesn't have an extradition treaty with Australia? I don't know. You just. I'm imagining that episode. Do you remember that episode of Simpsons where they go to Australia, and Bart needs to be given the boot? Yeah. I'm imagining that kind of situation. <laughs> you don't pay your fine. Don't pay your fine. You'll get the boot. So Western uh, Australia opposition leader Shane Love said that while he hoped that the reports were true that it was going to get re um, uh, repealed, the move is the biggest backflip by a government in many years. And honestly, he's right there. What we've seen is a government that has rammed a piece of legislation through and failed to implement it. Its own members are calling it botched. Mr. Love said that he was looking forward to returning to the drawing board and walking, uh, working on new laws, excuse me, which would actually protect heritage, but also protect businesses and the property rights of landowners. So hopefully, no, he's being serious with that. If he's a conservative or liberal or whichever ones of the opposition in Western Australia, I can't help but feel that the opposition would do what they do in England, which is turn around and say, don't worry, we'll screw you more gently. But <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it's better than what they've got, but even then these people they've already got are repealing the laws in the first place. So. It has been confirmed now. They have dumped these laws entirely. The Premier, Roger Cook, announced the backflip after days of talks with stakeholders that agreed the legislation was too complex. The laws went too far, were too prescriptive, too complicated, and placed unnecessary burdens on everyday Western Australia property owners. We will restore the original act from 1972 with some simple and effective amendments. He said the amendments to old laws would prevent another Juk and Gorge incident. Why that was an incident in the first place when it already had government approval, I don't know. It seems that they had the government approval and then people just turned around and started whining about it afterwards. Importantly, all property owners can continue to operate and manage their property, just like they have over the past few years without any fear of unknowingly disrupting cultural heritage sites, even the ones that get made up on the spot. <laughs> Under the proposed changes, the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Council will make re recommendations to the Aboriginal Affairs Minister. Mr. Cook said the system would be fairer and simpler and reintroduce Section 18 ministerial approvals with landowners and native title holders given the same right of review. Western Australia Farmers President John Hassel said that the decision was a good outcome because the law, laws were not workable and farmers had been fearful to make changes on their land under it. He said that the aim of the 2021 legislation had been to protect Australian cultural heritage, but it turned citizen against citizen, as often these laws always do. That is a terrible, terrible outcome of this legislation, he said. He said that the 1972 legislation was also problematic, though, and there is still a long way to go. Because once again, the 1972 legislation is still the stuff that people could get fined $60,000 for building a small bridge on their own property. So, yeah, there's still definitely problems with that whole thing. But uh, Australia seemingly has saved off destruction for a few more months because they've made the correct decision to... Completely not ruled by the water spirit. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> For now, they're not because they still have the referendum going. But how is the referendum campaigns going? Are we getting a Brexit situation where it's pointing in one direction, where it's pointing that Le uh, Remain will win overwhelmingly? Will yes win overwhelmingly? Well, according to recent polls, no. No, it will not because everybody's going, this is stupid. If we're not going to give these people permission to do the cultural heritage thing in Western Australia, why would we give them carte blanche to control the entire government through the parliamentary system? That's a stupid idea. No. 
So 47% of the whole country did not approve of The Voice, with 43% in favor and the remaining 10% unsure. Support for The Voice, and I find this interesting because these demographics that I'm about to go through seem to mirror themselves and reflect all throughout most of the Western world whenever you get a big progressive issue that's put forward for for um for Maybe the usual suspects for a vote. So support was strongest amongst women, with forty-seven percent in favor compared with forty percent opposed, and among young people aged eighteen to four, uh, thirty-four, with sixty-two percent in favor compared with twenty-six opposed. Our generation are idiots. They just are. It's, it must be the education system. It, it has to be the education. I mean, you don't get that fast of a shift between a world that used to have the young and the old not that divided to this divided, not on issues like economics. Like I can understand the housing ownership disparity rates within the West, but yeah. I can't understand like the random nonsense belief rates. Like that, I just yep. there's no way that's not. Do you want the though. petrol sniffers in charge of government? Young people say yes. <laughs> Why? Because we told them uh, not about the petrol. <laughs> yeah, <'cause> we, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, th- th- these people are probably living in cities, living in cultural centers that are away from where all of the Aboriginal peoples are. Like I, I was talking about. Yeah, when you're growing up like that, you have such delusions about how the world actually functions. Yeah. I think there was the, I, I mentioned last time, the Alice Springs place where there's a, a, a kind of a stronghold of, I think it's 20% Aboriginal people who commit about 90% of the crime there. They're also well known for just getting drunk and sleeping in the middle of the road. So it's very common for them to just get accidentally ran over because you're driving down a dirt road at the middle of the night and there's just an Aboriginal sleeping. But I love how you always think like, that can't happen. And then you learn about like the creator distribution and whatnot. And you realize, oh no, the world is really lopsided. Yes. It only takes like 2% of people to do something before it's a huge problem. Yep. And uh, let's, get, let's go from here as well. Opposition to the voice was strongest among men. Obviously. 55% of whom said no. Among people aged over 55, 65% of them said no as well. Among supporters of the coalition, minor parties, and independents. So like I say, these dividing lines everywhere across the West at the moment. And I can only hope that we don't see any fortification of this particular referendum when it comes around later this year. So congratulations, Australia, for staving off destruction for a few more months. I hope you guys can keep it that way. Fair enough. We're allowed to. Um, I don't know if it, I'm not putting this on YouTube, so that's fine. Did I tell you about the changes to the YouTube terms of service? No, I don't you, think you did. Do you know it was illegal to um, deny any US presidential election since 1773? Because <laughs> it, it was just the Donald Trump Biden one, and they extended it to be all presidential. I don't know about that John Adams, man. He was a bit sus. But Washington ran and basically was unopposed. So, yeah, it was rigged. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you said that, that was banned. They've now gone back, and now you're allowed to say that any U.S. election is uh, rigged, I, I, even the Trump one. Oh, wait, so you're allowed... Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? But they have kept the rules for specifically the 2021 German federal elections, and then a list of Brazilian ones, and that's it. It's oh, like, the Brazilian ones, so what was like, his yeah, name, these, Luca? But I love how it's just random ones at this point. It's like, these four. So I do wonder these if These four in particular, we've looked into them. We've had people go deep dive <laughs> into perfect. these elections. Spotless. Gold star. Whereas, whereas the presidential ones, yeah, we were wrong. It turns out they were all rigged. <laughs> all the way back to 1773. <laughs> I still want to know what Count Dankula did with that video that he did. I think, I forget the name of the place, but there was the place in America which was confirmed to have been a rigged election where the actual Athens. citizens... Yeah, Athens. The citizens rose up so that they could overturn yeah. the rigged election. What happened with that video? Did he just get a strike for it? 
or was it applied retroactively? Well, that that Who wasn't the presidential election, so that's probably uh, as written fine. But YouTube may just delete it because I don't know they've had haven't had their pills this morning. I hate YouTube. Now we should move to the dodge. Should we? Yar! <laughs> it's a life on the sea for me, laddie. It <laughs> is indeed. I've come from France. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about debarge. Now, debarge is uh, a barge that the British government has purchased, but more sea people in because we can't help but provide me more free housing. It's not free housing. It's uh, we can't help but steal money from the public and give it to foreigners to um, live in for free. Um, well, I'll, I'll just say I might be covering something tomorrow that says how much free housing some of these. Um, <clears throat> completely legitimate migrants yeah. are getting from the state. Anyway, it's the thing I also keep promoting because it's, it's just implemented. Just put it in law. <laughs> it's the feminist immigration policy and how it'll save the West. Uh, th th sorry about hitting that. I know they can the mic. No, that's uh, all right. That's fine. But also the... I think we should bash the desk more often. We should, we should get a sledgehammer and, and, and break it and then... No, well, should we get a, a little, <laughs> little thing in the gavel like a judge? Order! Order! That's, that's too Mimi, I feel. I think we should. We're smashing the whole set. That's... New dress sense. New dress sense. We have to wear judges' wigs on podcasts. Is that, is that where this is going now? It is. Everyone's like, yeah, I need to wear jackets. And then we're going to end. I saw your video that you put out yesterday. I know that you've got a red coat. Yeah, but we're, we're not ending up like British lawyers at the end of this. I know. I think you're wearing wigs. I think you should be in a red coat on the podcast. I'm going to burn my uniform before I do that. Don't anyway. you dare. <laughs> anyway, but my point being, that if you also implemented this with the sea people, we'd have a lot less housing to have to pay for and we wouldn't have to buy the barge. Now, the barge, onto it. This is the barge. You can see here a picture of poor asylum seekers making their way onto the Bibby Stockton barge, moored at Portsmouth in Dorset. Now, my heart bleeds. Have you noticed how unfeminist the, the people in that photo are? There are so many different ways that I could take that question, but I have noticed that there is a distinct lack of Berlusconi immigrant policy going on here. An abundance of penis out there in this photo. Anyway, my point being, I, I, come on, I don't even have to keep... Actually, they're out. facing away from the camera, so... <laughs> you do the weak energy. Faces away from the camera, penis <laughs> not towards... <laughs> Hiding penis from the world. Shame. See, that's how you know they're guilty. Anyway. <laughs> An innocent man would whip it straight out. But there's <laughs> <laughs> a whole new meaning to mugshots, doesn't it? Oh. Anyway, but point, point being, uh, more free housing foreigners <laughs> because I'm bored, so let's burn more money, said local MP. I think that's his um, quote. Oh, no, there is actually one local MP. Um, well, he's not local, actually, to this place. But he is one MP who decided he had another opinion, which is um, they should all off. <laughs> so, oh, I've seen this. Yeah, uh, Lee Anderson who I've uh, enjoyed his talk, and this is a new piece of talk I've also enjoyed. Why isn't this guy in charge of the Home Office? It would be interesting. I, I do hope that if he did, he would you know, act rather than just talk. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm envisioning scenes of him in the back of a truck with a megaphone going through... Where was that place that you went to that was 0.0% up north? Oh, in, oh, Saveltown. Yeah, going to Saveltown and just go, clear off, go on, <laughs> off with you. Sick and tired of it. You love Pakistani culture so much. Go on, then. <laughs> <laughs> There's an argument for that. So, anyway, but he decided to say, as a uh, local moron Diane Abbott is complaining about, um, that they should F off back to France if they don't like DeBarge. Because, yeah, we paid a lot of money for that. It's uh, so, so we're going to use. What context was this? Was this from leaked WhatsApp messages or something? Oh, it was just a statement. Like, he was talking about it, and he was like, official like government it. policy. Yeah, if they don't like it, you should go home. 
simple as. I mean, this this kind of rhetoric, um, Baz for prime minister, I, I obviously love. Um, we, we've had a lack of this. I mean, I'm not too excited, obviously. I, we have been through so many home secretaries yeah. that say, well, clearly we'll just stop them coming by denying their sit to, uh, applications. And they just don't. It's like, there's oh, there's well, a lot of talk and talk and talk. And we'll no send action. them back to France. And then they just don't. The Tories are the party of mass immigration. We'll get to that later. But um, good speech. And of course, the response was to be very mad and very butthurt, as you can see from Diane here, who doesn't like it because, um, well, it's the truth. Uh, Lee Anderson did clarify what he meant by um, uh, F off and go home. Uh, you it's a pretty stinky, dirty boat person. <laughs> it's a uh, I made that last pretty, bit up. <laughs> it's a pretty simple statement to interpret, but go on. Yeah, if you're not happy, we literally give you free housing and then you're moaning about it. You can go home. It's, it seems fair enough to me. I mean, you're, you're trying to claim that you're an asylum seat, for Christ's sake. We don't even prosecute the businesses that are illegally hiring you. Yeah. And anyway, everybody knows. He clarified, of course, because it's, um, well, common sense, as he points out, which is wrong again, Diane Abbott. I told illegal migrants to go back to France, not genuine asylum seekers, which is obviously true. Like, people coming from a country where they will be killed if they return are not these people because they're from France. Still, I, I have to say, I really dislike the reframing of the conversation to be purely about illegal asylum seekers. If there seekers. were a billion legitimate asylum seekers, we should let yeah. them in. It's like, if no. there, And also, if there are a billion, 100% legitimate people coming just so that they can earn some money and feed their families, we should let them in. It's our obligation and duty to do so. No, legal migration is already ridiculous. Far beyond any numbers but, but that we're getting from illegal migration. Best possible circumstances, right? So, like someone who's coming from a country where, if we return them, they'll be killed. So they've applied not only to us but a few others. But we're one of the options, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's the best possible scenario for a person you'd want to come into the country and uh, provide asylum for. Even then, us providing asylum is not some duty. It is a charity. It is a nice thing we can do in the world, because. Of course, you could try and fix every problem in which someone's going to die if they continue in their circumstances. You're not going to do it. There's not enough money in the world. At, at that so point, we can do our bit, and our bit is not some measurement of GDP or something. I hate that it's like, oh, 0.07% or something. What you just made up. Yeah, it's that, just what we feel like affording. At that point, why don't you just stump up all of the money for those ridiculous figures that they make up off the top of their heads where I go, it would only cost this much money to solve world hunger. Okay, well, so fine. solve world hunger then, and then next year, when there's even more people in Africa who are still starving. Year of the hungry. All right, next year, year of the blind. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All of a sudden, next year, you've got even more starving Africans. Then what? You just keep stumping up that money every year so that you can make it so that they're still starving next year? Sure, like the, the global approach or even this conversation of like, we're having any significant impact on the world in these regards. Well, not really. It's, it's very insignificant, but it's some good you could do in the world. But that act in and of itself, I am so sick of being framed as a duty or our responsibility. I hate all of this because it isn't a reality. Reality yep. is it's a charity. It's a charitable act we can do. And when the state does it, it's not even that. It's literally just theft and then giving it to their specific charities. And we also charitably took in Karl Marx and look at what he did. Yeah, sure. But like you could make, I mean, again, I'm talking about the best case scenario here. Even if you're an MP, you're stealing money to spend on the charity of your choice by spending public money on that asylum seeker there. You could have given that money to cancer research or to you know, a hospice for children or something. You know, all equally nice things in the world, but you are using taxpayers' money, so you're a thief. Like, if you actually wanted to do nice things such as this, you can give your money to charity. But instead, I'm, I'm so sick of, as you correctly point out, even the best case, I, I'm, I'm not having it, so that there is any duty of a state 
to take its money from its citizens and spend this on it. No, it is, it is a good thing people can do if they want to. And if they don't want to, that's the world. It's a bad place. There's not many good things in it. But anyway, correct point by Lee, though, which is that it's not what he said. He didn't say uh, the uh, genuine asylum seekers should bugger off. He said illegal immigrants. Uh, he also ends it off with, by the way, not seeing you in parliament for a few months, so you want to leave, or are you just uh, saying something daft again? Which probably is um, on mental leave. But a whole other conversation. Anyway, the government came out and backed him in his statement of, if you don't like it, which is pretty good. Oh, all right, okay. okay. I quite like that. That's, that's, you're not going to do anything because you know, you're the Tories, but still, funny. I love the quote here. Absolutely fine. No difficult with saying that. That's the Justice Secretary, though. That's all right. Yeah. Pretty neat. Then number 10 came out and went, yep. You should bugger off back to France <laughs> if you don't like it. <laughs> all right. Which is, uh, I mean, this is all just words, obviously, as I've pointed out between the two factions that run our nation. And th there was a point he made, which is, you know, reality check, note to the left. Every illegal immigrant that crosses the channel from France is taking the place of someone genuinely in danger from a refugee camp. This is 100% true. We've been over GM Park, is the lady um, we bring up. Uh, yep. Best case, let's say. So she's a, a North Korean refugee. She is now a member of the Tory party, being a councillor uh, candidate multiple times now. Is she actually? She's done it a few times. She's not won the election yet. Is she the, is she the one who appeared on Joe Rogan? Um, no, that's Yomi Park, I think. Oh, yeah. Gion Park is uh, the one in the north. Oh, okay. Is it Bari? I forget. Anyway, point being, yes, they are stealing a position. And uh, he ends off with, why can't you see that these fit, healthy young men are actually preventing people from reaching help they actually need it? And again, I mean, if you're actually, if we go back to the situation I'm suggesting, which is reality, you want to help someone in genuine need, and you've got your some money that you decided to spend on such a charitable situation, who do you spend on? Uh, Mohammed Abdul Karim, who is from Calais, and... <laughs> and, and uh, Born and bred. 21, uh, from Afghanistan. The reason he came here is he heard there were good jobs. Or ji Park from North Korea with her two kids who have escaped. And uh, if they go back, it, it's not going to be a fun time. Well, you, who do you spend your money on, Harry? I feel that you have a mild ulterior motive in all of this. Helping people who need it instead of no. his taker? More North Korean women in the country. Uh, that's a whole other conversation to be having. <laughs> but the point there, obviously, the fact that we are in such a s-hole of a situation in regards to genuine asylum seekers, I, I'm going to put that down to the fact that it's because the state are in charge of it. I mean, I know I sound like a libertarian over here, but it's true. I, I, if, if you were an actual charitable organization, you wouldn't be wasting the money they are on these piss takers. You don't have to be a lolbert to acknowledge all of the wasteful spending that the government does. Yeah. Anyway, didn't mind. Reality didn't mind people. Of course, they carried on whining. See LBC here. I think they said sack him. Oh, saying, no. I care so much about what LBC thinks. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I mean, like. Interchangeable talking head. I am kind of just embarrassed how bad LBC has become. For people who don't know, it's, it's leading Britain's conversation. It's, it's a London-based radio. Nobody watches it anymore. Unless yeah. you want to just rage bait at um, uh, uh, James O'Brien clips. Yeah. Used to have Magic Noah's, uh, Nigel Farage, Katie Hopkins. You know, there was some interesting discussion along with the... the there was actually a, plural, a plurality of voices on there. I know you get this, this silly woman who just is like, oh yeah, just let everyone in because um, I am... Because I feel bad if we don't. And, it and I don't have to live near them. Yeah. Weird that. Go and check out where these people live on the uh, ethnic data map. Oh, I'm so glad they gave us that ethnic data. Oh, yeah. Map. That was a big mistake on their part. They're not going to do it again, are they? <laughs> anyway, but not the only one you could see here. Lee pointing out is like, well, there you are. Um, 
really, 50 illegals this time coming to the rubber dinghies. And they're saying they don't want to go in because they're scared of the water. These people who cross the water to get to the UK don't want to go on debarge because they're scared of the water. I was, I was so spooked the whole time I was on that little dinghy. Oh, my little knees couldn't stop shaking. Yeah, it's a good question. Just How did you get here? Um, helicopter. Yeah, we found you in a boat. <laughs> like, uh, we went for a little paddle afterwards. But anyway, Lee making that point again. I mean, it didn't matter because uh, whatever, Hitler. Am I right? I mean, I'm sorry, but can we just check in with Twitter leftists? Because they're still a thing. I thought they'd all left for threads or whatever the hell else. Why do you exist? I, what are you doing with your life? Who's actually following this account? It's just, it's just a mess. But there's, there's loads of little ones. That's the annoying thing. Yeah. So I'd love to show you like the big ones. But the, it, now if you go and look at it, it's just like hundreds and hundreds of these little accounts with all like 2,000 followers and the, and the weirdo orbiters. It's strange. I can, I, I'm going to assume that most of them are bots, or at least most of the followers are bots. God, I hope so. But there's, there's one more that did blow up, which is this lady who was like, this is disgusting. How can they put them in the barge? This is the National Front all over again. <laughs> Number one, they were never in charge, so that doesn't even make sense. But you can see here, like 2.5 million views on this. 15,000 morons hit like on this, or their fingers slipped, I hope. Yeah. Um, there is one thing that was funny, though, in response to this stupid socialist, which is that quite a lot of National Front fans were very offended by this tweet. <laughs> Don't call us Tories. <laughs> yeah. Um, sincerely, they I, were... I can kind of understand that. Not only that, um, some new National Front members and fans, such as the boat people, were very offended by this. As you can see, this being on the front page of the Sun, they, they went and met the National Front members on the barge, and uh, they're quoted as saying they like it. It's, it's pretty good. Oh, well, the, the, the asylum seekers are like, hey, this is pretty bad. This yeah, isn't bad. I should join the National Front. <laughs> that's, that's the... Uh, that's I mean, I, to be honest, reading that, I did think, Miles... Well, have you gotten back? Just come over to the channel. It's great. I love it. <laughs> um, you should try it sometime, guys. Uh, we'll see you soon, Miles. Good man. Anyway, but getting back to it, I did see that a bunch of people from the Falklands actually mentioned, uh, hang on a minute, um, we used to live on these in Falklands. It was pretty good. I mean, this guy here, just posting on Facebook, he's like, there you are. We lived and slept in these places, four or five men to a cabin. It's not bad. Yeah. He makes a good point. If it was good enough for our armed forces to sleep in, it's good enough for people who shouldn't even be in this country to no, sleep mate. in. Concentration it's... camp. Oh, dear. <laughs> what are they? Have they installed new ovens? <laughs> what? Are they making soap out of the migrants? Yeah, look this is it. how you're giving back to the, in this to is, the country. This is actually a traveling, um... traveling <laughs> Auschwitz. <laughs> Oh my See, god! I'm laughing because it's so it's mobile. Like this is what these people actually believe sincerely. No, it's not. These, these... There, there it is. There's, there's, there's your Holocaust on wheels. Yep. Look at it, people listening. It's a very nice barge. This is with a pool table, recreation area, a cafeteria over there. You know, they have got the workout area over here with some treadmills and some weights. And then uh, here's the rooms, which uh, that's actually better than where I lived in university. This is worse than Krakow. Uh, is actually better than my university room. <laughs> That's kind it of like probably <laughs> actually is. Yeah, they, they're giving you were right. Actually, they're being given accommodation that is better what than what probably ninety percent of university students will have. You're right. That's a bigger room than I had when I was staying in university accommodation. Even southern softy university boys are being treated worse than these people. The the who broke the law. I'm trying to remember, was there a gym on site at my at my? Uh... There was. You had to pay for it. I bet. Yeah. 
there was a gym on site at my accommodation, and it had yeah, it had about three treadmills, uh, but it didn't have anything else really. But I love this guy here who just makes the great point. You know, if you actually just open this to the public and charge five hundred pounds per calendar month, it would be full in seven hours. Yep, he's not wrong, is he? No, he isn't. That's bad. That's really bad. I'm sorry. I just want to let that sit in the air for a minute. That's how bad the housing situation is. And at the same time, who do you think caused the housing situation? Do you to, think to, to be honest, every house. Right. To be honest, at five hundred pounds per calendar month, yeah, I'd exactly. be thinking about it. I'd consider it. Yeah. Get a nice communal feel. You have to. Move There's to a Portsmouth, pool table right there. But Portsmouth's not that bad. You don't even have to interact with the people in Portsmouth. You just stay on the bar. I'm by the sea. Yeah, I've got everything I need right there. Anyway, it's it's just sad. It's certainly better than most um, YMCA places that you get around the, <laughs> the country. I've seen some of the accommodation in there. But I'm glad I'm paying for this too, including the hotel around the corner and the other one around the other corner and the one just outside Swindon and all the others around the fucking country. Yeah. Actually, you're, you're right. We don't need to pay £500 a month for it because we're already paying for it. Yeah, we, we, we already are. And they're playing a lot. I mean, Migration Watch here telling us the numbers are now up to 50,000 and a half. Just, just people living off our money because um, we give it to them for free. No, we don't. The state steals it off us and then gives it to them for free. That's what's happening. You mean infinite resources can't just be magicked out of thin air? But we can't steal them from the public. Oh, okay. There we are. That's all right, then. There's also Steve Laws. I just had to feature this. Decided to do a free information request on what they're spending the money on, specifically for recreation. I don't know if you want to take a look at this. Normally, they don't actually release these kinds of <laughs> things. when Either that or you get some kind of obviously paused document yeah. that doesn't actually tell you anything. So this is a very specific place. So this is presumably for every kind of hotel, uh, camp, or barge that they're providing this for. But in this specific one he's put an FOI in for, they list uh, two Xboxes there at a cost of £241 each. That's uh, so 400 quid just for those Xboxes. Some PlayStation 4... Xbox X2s as well. Three PlayStation 4s. Okay. Can we not get them PS2s? No, we got to get them PS4s. Okay, I don't have a PS4. Don't, don't worry, Callum. Don't <laughs> worry. They'll be upgrading to PS5 soon. <laughs> they got Nintendo Wii as well, three of them. Just dance on it so they can keep fit. I uh, don't think that's what they're that's what, that's what the migrants are doing. They're playing Wii bowling they're also this buying whole time. Them, they're also buying them PS4 games. So it's 45 quid per game. So there we are. Say times six. That doesn't. That math doesn't actually add up, idiots. Sorry, PS4 games times six. Maybe they headed 45 to each total cost 45. Maybe they headed to the local CEX, got some pre-owned games. What, a pack of six? <laughs> no, I, I, like, look at this. Like, the unit cost times two for the Xbox. Okay, well, it's double the unit cost. That makes sense. PS... Someone can't do math. I have an idea, Callum. We can monetize this. The government can monetize this. Set up migrant Twitch streams. <laughs> well, that's they the thing have, in my they, mind. They, they, if you want to stay on the barge for eight hours a day, you have to play Bloodborne and get good. So here's the, they also got some Wii games there. Uh, as I don't, I don't know why there's no Xbox games. Generally, they'll be on, uh, coming next week. Had they spent but, 50 quid on Wii games? But like mate, two pounds. Think about that for a minute. Like if you're playing on the PS4 or Xbox and, and you're playing, I don't know, Call of Duty, right? And you get killed by Migrant Detention Center 3. You paid for him to kill you in the game. Yes. <laughs> you paid for him to ruin your KD ratio. Could you imagine coming home and little Billy over there is getting messages on Xbox Live? <laughs> Dad, Migrant Attention Center 3 sent me another voice message. I have your mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, 
I, I don't want to live on this planet anymore once I realize that that could happen to someone. The migration detention center three has, has, is dominating. It is successfully bullying <laughs> little Billy. What is it? I, I think my brother used to tell me, I never used to play Halo, but apparently used to get, what was it, like Killstreak and then Kilimanjaro. Was, I, I never had an Xbox, so yeah, I wasn't sure. a Halo guy. I, I, I played Halo 3 at mate's house. I'm trying to remember. I think genocide was if you got like a 50 kill streak or something. Could so you the imagine? migrants are committing genocide on a daily basis. Yeah, voice voiceover, genocide in Immigrant Detention Center 3 is achieved. <laughs> 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 we, we're going to get noted under the YouTube video now. The immigrants have genocided <laughs> little Billy. <laughs> a little Wikipedia link from, from YouTube being like, Immigration Detention Center 3 has not yet White uh, genocide is a, con- uh, is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> immigration Detention Center 3 is not engaging in that. He's just playing Halo. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, God. I'm sorry, just... What? We're in clown world. <laughs> this is peak clown world. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the chat's like, killed by DeBarge 1. <laughs> DeBarge 2 has joined the game. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then there's some other ones I, I can't read. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> if you're playing CSGO or something, oh, no, you're playing TF2. Migrant, migrant Detention Center 3 is dominating Little Billy. <laughs> You're playing Trouble in Terrorist Town, Gmod. <laughs> I think he's the terrorist. You can't say that. But I am. But <laughs> he, he probably is the terrorist, though. Every time. Anyway, this is costing us four billion now a year minimum. It's probably gone up uh, just to house these people. This does not include the recreation costs, so they can bully your little Billy. Uh, <laughs> that's a side bonus for your taxes. Thanks, thanks for that. But there's one more narrative around all this. I noticed. I, I think maybe you noticed. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of like this guy. His videos. This is uh, JJ. I don't know how you say. Don't last think name. I've watched it. I keep getting his shorts. All right. He's uh, as he lists here a, a quite big YouTuber from Canada, and he does politics. And he did an interview with Pierre Poulevard, French name, French name, Frenchy, the the guy in charge of the the right wing faction that are actually interesting. All right. And that was great. I think he does a very good um, like down the line analysis usually. But my boy, did he mess up on this one because he was responding to some talk from <sighs> Richie Sunak, which means nothing because we, we're familiar with that. All words, no action. Yeah. What I will do to stop the boats, uh, some stuff. Uh, check in a year later. I'll totally have stopped them. A year passes. Give me 50 pounds and I'll stop the boats. Anyway, but he says here, it's always a bit jarring to be reminded of how hard line the British conservatives are on immigration, especially the brisk business-like way they talk about the issue that's so sensitive over here. But that might just be how British politicians talk about everything. And, and people, people were not happy. They obviously just started pointing out graphs, various yeah. graphs. I don't know if I'll know. because Look at this graph. Random. Look at the graph. Yeah, there's loads of uh, bazers just being like, are you, are you serious, mate? Are you, <laughs> are you dumb, blood? You want to take this outside, lad? Someone else pointing out that he's talking about illegal immigration. And um, then he responded here, the Conservatives in Britain are also opposed to legal immigration of campaigns. No, they're not. For years on bringing the numbers down. JJ, you are correct in that statement. That they, they, they campaign. They, there's, just, there's a lot of heavy lifting happening by the C word. Because, again, people start... Wait, wait, Dan, Dan commented. What did Dan say? Dan, you're in the woodwork. Uh, the big bad wolf is also opposed to eating Red Riding Hood. <laughs> He's campaigned for years. <laughs> I'm just coming a little closer. I can't hear you. People started posting a lot of graphs, obviously. I think he's probably taken notice. I don't know what this I mean, executive thing is. Oh, that's just uh, an advert. This is the advert. 
it's it's that they campaigned on Brexit, and instead of Brexit, what we got was not just unprecedented new levels of immigration. It was unprecedented levels of new third world immigration, non-EU migration. This, what, could, this could be risking it. All right, okay. I don't know what this says, I, but I really just want, go for it. Go I want on. to hear what Norm's got to say. What are you retarded? <laughs> 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 I didn't know that I was going to say that. So I'm going to find that because I need to download more norm clips for reactions. What's, what's the more you going to say? So he, I know you're not retarded, but what are you, Down syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Norm. God yeah. bless. God, I miss, I miss Norm. Good man. Um, but anyway, um, JJ, I mean, that's uh, Norm's opinion. Uh, but <laughs> moving on, I just want to post this graph, which I've posted a million times. Migration to the moon. Yeah, I keep posting this graph, and every time I do, like, 10 people have just discovered it. And I'm always amazed. Because it's, it's like... You're always, you're always somebody's first. But, like, you always think that, that's what the people I know is discovering it, I would have thought we'd discovered it earlier, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing um, shade or anything. I'm just like, oh, Most God. people don't know about this. Yeah, I'm always amazed by how few people realize that, like, it got so bad. I mean, I, I mentioned before, I made this graph, I added this point here for 2022, and then 2023 happened, and I just couldn't be bothered. To be professional, because to, to be honest, I, I think you were I think you were being a bit optimistic with that line. It's actually a little bit up in this uh, HTML bar over here. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the real number. But anyway, all talk, no. Uh, I can't finish that sentence. No action. Did, did you hear what Michael said the other day? His idiom for it. Go on. It, it's all pulling your trousers down and no. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it didn't actually. <laughs> Finish it. Anyway, but point being, uh, just to end this off, one other narrative. I did see Aaron Bastani was like, oh, it's because... Uh, Hello, Aaron. This, we these, know you're watching. These Turkish barbers we were talking about, specifically you were uh, making a good segment on it. Thank and, you. And Aaron was like, wow, yeah, they just work 80 hours a week. Yeah, Turks are fine coming over here because they're basically just slaves, aren't they? They're just, they're just slaving away. And he's like, uh, source, uh, I live with them. Where do you think we live, Aaron? No, he said he was. <laughs> he specifically said that he was going off his own anecdotal experience of knowing hundreds no, but I, of I Turkish of, barbers. I'm so sick of this. I mean, I understand. So I believe Aaron lives in London, and, and you know, I feel sorry. No, for no, I, I think he lives. Well, I'm not going to dox him, but okay, it's not London. Oh, is it not? No. Oh, you lucky bastard. Anyway, but um, you know, we live in Swindon, in the centre, and um, little London at this point. Uh, it's, it's, so I took a picture just to make the point. I'm I'm so sick of this. I'm not trying to talk about what I said, but like every time, just uh, this car here. Should we t should we take a look at second hand yep, yep. rates for this car? Oof, could just be a customer. I mean, that's what hard work gets you. Just a very Eight, well to do customer. If we worked eighty hours a week, yeah. slaving under Carl's content mines, <laughs> he could then also afford a we a car which second hand starts at a hundred grand. And can go up to 150. That was actually the average price. Oh, that's the average price. There, okay. there were all cars. I just could be. Well, sc scroll back up so we can see the image because I've got to say, uh, in fact, I'll take charge here. It looks pretty new, pretty yeah. well kept. So if you got that new as well, I think it's like 200 grand. Also on double yellows. Nice to see the law being administered. Well, I mean, when you make that much money cutting hair, uh... I mean, at, at most, I only ever see two. Yeah, customers I mean, in that shop. This could be a chap who's not uh, cutting hair. Of course, it could be a customer, as I'm mentioning. So I'm not saying anything about that particular chap. But I am a bit sick because it's not the only one as well. I don't know if I posted below here as well. I took a picture earlier. Oh, I didn't upload. I don't think that's annoying. But the the I went past it earlier. And there is another beautiful car just sitting outside, and it's like, hmm. Oh, there it is. Yeah, just keeps happening. Anyway, see th this random barbers 
in a pretty dodgy back alley, just get some very high-class I'm not saying anything about this specific barbers, because, I mean... No, I'm just saying it gets high-class customers. It's every barbers. But anyway, there's my point, which is, um, DeBarge, it'll do nothing. It's all talk. Uh, it was funny to see him say that, but I don't think anything will happen. But, uh, that's, that's the news, which is never good. The news. So stop complaining about it. I hate it too. <laughs> now you've had the news on DeBarge. Anyway, um, we're all in this hellhole together. It, I know it sucks. Let's get into video comments. Hello there. Bit of news following what you said yesterday. A fifth Romanian national has been jailed after being caught begging on the high streets in Douglas. Police were called to witnesses at 8.30pm who seen, such and such, wheeling a shopping trolley through the streets, milling around unusually. The lad had previously been arrested but failed to leave the island and was told by magistrates it's unfortunate that you did not heed the first warning. Just sound like a mafioso there. <laughs> That's very unfortunate you didn't heed the warning. <laughs> yep. Uh, sorry to hear about that, chap. Yeah, excellent. So the ongoing strength of the Hollywood, I see it as them destroying themselves, and I don't know why we're not um, encouraging that behavior uh, further by either donating or even egging them on to make you know, even more ridiculous demands. I just see it I mean, as the absolute win where uh, they can finally be get, get out of the way uh, and let independent media take over and actually be uh, a much more dominant force, because that is the future. And um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? I think you're right. I think the writers in Hollywood should be demanding triple pay from what they all already had. I think they should be demanding complete and total intellectual property rights of everything that they do. The Hollywood studios. I think the Hollywood executives should be giving them foot massages on a daily basis. Shoe shines, you know, they should be at the back and call 24 hours a day. I think that's what the Hollywood writers should be going for. And if they don't get what they're after, then the strike needs to continue. I fully support organized labor. I do too. Yeah, next one. Same gentleman. I do love how... Showing what he would do to Hollywood executives. I do love how goofy the MP40's magazine looks. There's just something about it that's really funny. It's just this big long stick that's straight you put into it. Guns just look fun. No, but you know how, like, obviously you curve the gun. Yeah. Because more ammo. And, you know... You... They're like, no, it's just a stick. Oh, it just—it makes sense, obviously. I know it's in the grease gun and everything else as well, but the MP40 just looks especially goofy in my mind. Does it make it easier to beat people with it if you run out of ammo? I don't know. Do you know the uh, in World of War you get uh, you could alter your loadout? Oh yeah. Do you remember the one with the MP40 where you could put two magazines in as well? I don't remember that. It's no. super goofy. Oh, I bet. But, all right, let's uh, let's go to the next one. Hey guys, by the time you see this video comment, you probably might have already commented on it, done a segment on it, but when the USA lost to Sweden. Now, I'm not going to talk about Megan Rapinoe, but I just thought um, Musovic, I think that's how you pronounce her name, she was the goalie for Sweden, and she really, really worked hard in that game. Always, like, the teams were always in her side of the field, and she would just she just knocked it out of the park every single time. Go, girl. I don't pay attention to women's sport because I don't care. No, I'm sorry. I, I also don't care about women's sport. But it was good to see uh, the US lady who was... Just, like... just because it was made a culture war issue does not mean I am going to spend any more time than I already was thinking about women's enjoy. sport. Go ahead. Yeah, fine. you can enjoy it all you want. I just don't care. Yeah. Um, anyway. But I suppose we go to the written comments for folks who have written. 
So on uh, Gaming Being Serious, Brittany Johns says, if AI got better, do you think it would be accurate in the depiction of history if used to make a video game? Or do you think creators of AI brainwash to erase history um, like they are now? I think yeah, it would be a similar situation to a lot of things with AI, where at first it shoots from the hip and then it gets reprogrammed to just cook itself. Uh, Wigan Survivalist says Baldur's Gate 3 has been released, and I forgot what an actual great game used to look like instead of a microtransaction cash cow monstrosity they make now. I yeah. have seen a lot of people talking about how great that game is. Fucking hate what's happened to Game Interface. <laughs> it's generally like the, it's gone so downhill from like the PS3 days. Where you could, I mean, one of them is just just Microsoft needs to suck a fat one for yep. making people pay for playing online on the Xbox. Yep. That's one that I that really was, hate. that was a terrible decision because then Sony adopted it for PS4 as well, which is why I've not since I got a PS4. It's why I just stopped playing online games for the most part. It's not necessary. It doesn't do anything but suck money out of everyone, and I am so sick of just the small things like that that have completely destroyed how fun gaming can be. Uh, well, I, well, I, I, I was speaking last week on, on Twitter about how uh, for my birthday, I recently got gifted a backwards compatible PlayStation 3. It broke immediately, sadly, but it's being fixed as we speak. You got a call yet? Uh, no, I switched my phone off. So hopefully I've got a missed call when I switch my phone back on after we're done here. Um, but it's backwards compatible, so it can play PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games. And I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to play Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, maybe 1, maybe 4 again. Just do that and then go back to all the old PS2 games because there's a big enough library that I already have games on that and my PlayStation 4 that I never have to play another new game again unless it's something that I really desperately want. Like if Devil May Cry 6 comes out or if Kojima comes back and actually does Silent Hills or a new Metal Gear Solid or something, then you've got my interest or from software when they come out with games. Other than that, I never have to play a new game again to have enough of a library to keep me interested in games for the rest of my life. Why would I want to spend money on something? Because loads of, it, it broke and loads of people were like, oh, get a PlayStation 5 instead, idiot. And I went, why? What games am I going to play on it? What library does the PlayStation 5 have that's supposed to entice I, me? I could go on a whole rant about what the just small things, because the, the, the experience I had growing up in that golden age of gaming was actually magical. Yes. No kid's ever going to have that again because of all the, the paywalls and just everything now. I, well, one of the, one of the things, loads of people were saying, oh, get a PC and uh, emulate the games. It's like, well, I don't have a PC already. I don't have the money for a PC. I already have the console that I can play it on. Also, so, so, so also, the keyboard isn't actually as fun as the controller. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can plug a controller into it. I, I know, suppose. but it's it's hassle. Yeah, at the same time, Game it's like where your kid just, gets his little controller. Just let so me have my nostalgia. I've got the way that I want to play it. Just leave me to it. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, just quickly, because we don't have much time, uh, Christian Anderson says, I wonder if they'll go so far um, that they, without thinking, will put pride flags on the Reichstag in some future World War II game. That would be incredible. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Someone else says, uh, for real inclusivity, we need Hasidic Jewish Nazis. Um, yeah. Makes sense. to everyone, so that's as much sense as it makes. Um, <laughs> some of the others are quite funny, but we just don't have the time. I do want to really quickly just show Harry. And oh, all right, okay. This I was watching this yesterday. I was meant to add it as mentioned. This is the Reichstag map on what it wore, and uh, just nostalgia feel. But really, just I wanted to show you the the MP40 he's using because it's got the double uh, magazine. Just, just goofy as heck. Come on, reload the magazine. Shoot someone. Stop using grenades, you loser. Play the game properly. Do you remember playing this map? No? I don't actually. Ah, 
I think there's another thing I should say about that. I think World at War was before I started playing games online consistently. It was more Modern Warfare 2 where I started doing that. And then Black Ops in particular, I really loved the online. The other thing about this I don't really like is you can see how sweaty everyone is who's playing it these days. Because it's like a private server with the the veteran fans, right? Yeah. So they're all jumping around and stuff. I, I, I don't know if you've seen the most recent Call of Duty. It's the people who've literally spent the past 15 years getting perfect at this game. Well, I don't know if you've seen the most recent stuff because they've started adding in, like you can slide and shoot and all that. And, and I, I know played, that's been there for a while. I've played a few of the more recent ones at friends' houses. There's a few modifications. It's just like, this is an amount of sweaty I don't want to deal with in my casual game. Yeah. Follow the conversation. Let's go to Australia. Well, let's not. Let's try not. Well, let's read some of the uh, comments at least. Shaker Silver says, Natives laying claim to the land with intangible factors. Sorry, but that doesn't sound too different from Carl claiming that the English have a magical connection, as Carl likes to claim. What is the actual difference beyond just, oh, they lost so they don't have a claim? Because you're currently in the process of losing too. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's fair. No, well, sincerely, like they, they did lose. And if we do lose, then yeah, we will become the Romans in the same way. They just, we don't exist. Maybe a few of us exist and we'll make some claims, but they won't be relevant. At, at the end of the day, it's the people in power who are the ones that make these decisions. I mean, not, this is why we not us. win in the UK, because we actually want to you know, defend ourselves. Whereas if we do just become another ancient Greeks or the Romans or the Syrian, Assyrians. Or even a diaspora peoples. Yeah, I don't want that. I, I don't want that either. That's why we do this stuff. Stefan Schoenhoff says, uh, also, sadly, I, I don't want to bring. The, uh, I don't want to sound mean, Shaker, uh, but we don't have government benefits being given to us on the basis of magical factors. We don't. I get love to... how you. I love how you didn't really know anything about the Aboriginals, and you started researching them. And you've come out on the other side, just been like, "What a." <laughs> yeah, we don't have the government offering to let us fine people thousands and thousands of pounds just for the sake of us showing up and saying, "Actually, there's magical factors over here." No, we don't have that. So. Once again, the difference is in the power of the people who are in charge and which direction they're positioning that power in. Who's benefiting from that power? But, but even if it's the best case scenario, let's say it's not just you know, made up water spirit, but real water spirit this time. Like it's, I think what matters is, what did you win? Like, is this your land? And if it's not, then you kind of are irrelevant. And I think that is looking currently as our destiny as an ethnic group, which I'm not happy about. But yeah, we will be completely become irrelevant. Well, Ali... Our look leaders haters, so... Yeah, but look in those London boroughs where they're destroying British statues or, uh, you know, cultural uh, aspects or whatever, and no one cares, and it doesn't matter, and anything we do to go there and argue about it won't matter either. That's just reality. That's power dynamics. We, we lose. And if you lose, you lose. Yeah. Uh, on with a few more, because I think we're running over time now, but let's just get one or two more in. So Stephen Schoen... <laughs> Stephen Schoen... Uh, Stephen Schoenhoff says, you can build what you want. Source, it came to me in a bribe. <laughs> that's quite good uh, clever yeah the letter M is for Melbourne says Australia will be saved for a few months but I'm expecting this place goes all on fire this coming summer got to keep the climate narrative running every month of the year I forget that Australia has flipped seasons so their December is their summer I believe X, Y and Z says one of the best cases of unintended consequences I saw inner city middle aged white woman who probably had never engaged with an aboriginal in her life handing out pamphlets relating to the yes vote that's its real name, uh, to a woman leaving Saturday markets. Hi, would you like to know about the yes vote? No. Inner city liberal. Would you like a pamphlet? No. It just wrote itself. 
Kevin Fox as well. It's okay, lads. When Australia hits net zero, there'll be no petrol for the abos to sniff, so they'll either become based or fade away. Unless they try sniffing Teslas and everywhere, all you'll see is smoking boots in every car park. I don't know that last reference, to be honest. Oh, wait. Sn- smoking boots in every car park. Okay. So I'm just reading. Uh, we don't have time. left will have to end it. I was just reading some of the last comments on DeBarge. We don't even get to... No, I, I can't read some of those because <laughs> they're too funny. Um, but Good job, Omar Awad. Anyway, so if uh, you like what we did and do, there's the website. You know about it. Uh, if it's your first time here, hello, you virgin. Lotusseas.com. Otherwise, we'll be back tomorrow, 1 o'clock, because the same day every weekday. It's... I thought I had something. I have nothing. This has been Harry from Vsauce. Yeah, the Vsauce here. All right, goodbye. Go away. Go and watch Vsauce. <laughs>